Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to As a Woman, episode 96, Donor Egg IVF. In this episode, I'm talking about the decision to proceed with donor eggs, what your options are, and what you should know. Welcome to As a Woman, the podcast hosted by fertility physician, Dr. Natalie Crawford, to educate and empower women. Each week, learn about your health, your fertility, and how they relate to your true self. Become a part of the community, fostering collaboration over competition, while learning how to authentically find your voice and amplify others as a woman. Hey friends, welcome back. Today I am talking about donor eggs. This is a topic that the vast majority of people who come to see me do not anticipate having to have this conversation. This plan or this option for most, not for everybody, but for most people is something they've never thought about until I bring it up. And what I want to do today is break down some of those barriers talk about it really openly and honestly, and give you some things to think about if you are proceeding down this pathway. Now, most people considering this option are women of advanced age, and I'm going to dive into that, or poor egg quality, repeated failures. But just acknowledging here at the beginning that gay men, if they want to conceive, must find an egg donor and a gestational carrier or a surrogate. So that's really complicated for them. They have to figure out who is going to be the egg source and who's going to carry the child. And sometimes these are both anonymous sources and sometimes one of these people is somebody that they know. And so the information in this talk when it comes to choosing an egg donor certainly applies to them also. But most of the time, it is women who have waited until they were older to try to start getting pregnant. or Women whose ovarian reserve started to run out early. So women who have premature ovarian failure or premature ovarian insufficiency, they actually run out of their eggs much earlier in their teens, 20s, 30s, 40s. And so they often don't know till they stop birth control pills, they don't have a period. They end up coming in and then getting diagnosed essentially in menopause, meaning they have no eggs left. So you may get diagnosed with POI and no, your only option to conceive is donor eggs. That may be well-defined for you. Or you may be trying over and over to achieve a pregnancy and experience failure. And if that failure is blamed on old eggs or bad quality, it really hurts. And I'm sitting here to acknowledge none of us are trying to hurt you. When we as fertility doctors break down information and tell you the cause of why we best think a cycle didn't work. None of it is to be hurtful, I promise. We're really nerdy and we like facts and data and we're trying to share with you the facts that we have. The one thing that always surprises women is the decline in natural fertility as we get older. Most people start 
too late who end up in this position. And sometimes that's because life, you're chasing a career, you purposefully delayed your fertility, or you were waiting for the right partner, whatever it is that led you to that place. I'll be really curious to see what happens in the course of the next 10 to 20 years in my field. Because a lot of the women who are using egg donation right now did not have the opportunity to freeze their eggs because egg freezing was experimental until 2012. What about the younger generation of women or who are right now in their 20s and early 30s who are freezing their eggs? If they wait to start a family until they're older, they may have the opportunity to use prior frozen eggs. And that may change how this whole aspect of the field looks like. And I find that so fascinating. The first thing to know when we talk about natural fertility, you should just know the facts. If you've never had a baby, never had a child, and you are younger than age 30, so 29 and younger, your chance of getting pregnant per month, your fecundability, is about 20 to 25%. Those are numbers that you'll hear and you'll see quoted. But that number does not persist into your 30s. Your fertility starts to decline. Now, if you've had a child, your numbers look a little bit different. But if you've never had a child, your fertility starts to decline a little bit more rapidly. The numbers I'm about to review come from a study, a large population-based study in the United States called Time to Conceive. Time to Conceive was my mentor when I was in fellowship, Ann Steiner. This is her baby, her research project. She had a huge grant and just followed women who were trying to get pregnant, tracking their cycles, noting menstrual patterns, watching what happened as they waited to try to get pregnant. This was published in Fertility and Sterility in 2016. So your chance of getting pregnant per month, if you've never had a child and you're between 30 to 33, is 17 to 19%. That's not bad. Once you up your age bracket from 34 to 37 years old, it becomes 11 to 12%. Once you are 38 to 39 years old, 5%. And when you are over 40, 3% per month. And I've said these numbers before. I say them all the time because most people are really shocked at the change that starts to happen after 33 and the profound drop that starts to happen after age 37, despite the fact that we've seen this in historical-based populations over all of time. This is very well documented. So before I dive into this, if you're younger and you're listening to this and you're not ready to start your family yet, you should consider getting your fertility evaluated and looking into the option of egg freezing, especially as you approach your early 30s. We can see right here, something's changing in the body after around age 33. And that change is the genetic stability of the chromosomes inside your eggs. The decision to switch to trying to conceive with donor eggs is a hard one. So if you or somebody you know or love is in this position, please give yourself or give them grace. It's hard to change paths. It's not how we've envisioned our family to be. Yet it is okay to switch gears. It is totally fine. And sometimes, all the time actually, I find donor egg to be very beautiful. And I know that's not how people feel at the beginning of the process. But here is something 
that validates the struggle, the heartbreak, the questioning. Here is something to bring an answer to it. Because when you hold a child that would never have existed without your struggle, no matter if that's a struggle from lots of IVF cycles, a struggle because you're running out of eggs, or a struggle because you have to do it this way, whatever it is, whatever that struggle is that was hard for you, led to this beautiful being because that struggle led you down the road. You had to change paths, accept that you're going to do donor eggs, and that donor egg paired with a sperm put inside your body potentially to carry a child, that's a beautiful process. It's a life. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Ritual. Did you know that women were excluded from clinical research policy by federal law until 1993? But women belong in scientific research. They're essential and Ritual knows this. I choose Ritual Multivitamin every day because it is easy to take and I know that I am getting high quality and traceable ingredients in a clean and bioavailable forms. In fact, Ritual conducted a university-led human clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin to assess its efficacy, and the results showed increase in vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. No my shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash A-A-W. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash A-A-W for 25% off. Thank you, Ritual. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Apostrophe. With the temperatures starting to warm up, I'm so excited the summer is around the corner and getting ready and looking forward to the summer months. But I know that when I'm outside, enjoying nature, I need to pick up supplies to prepare myself for summer adventures. And if you want to get your skin glowing in time for summer, it's time for you to get started with Apostrophe, who is sponsoring this episode. Apostrophe's goal is to help you feel confident in your own skin. So whether you're dealing with breakouts, signs of aging, or acne scarring, Apostrophe will help you love the skin you're in. I personally love that you get access to an expert dermatology team, a tailored treatment plan, It's simple to sign up for your first visit, and there is no in-person appointment or trip to the pharmacy needed. We have a special deal for our audience. Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash A-A-W when you use our code A-A-W. That's a savings of $15. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash A-A-W and click get started. Then use the code AAW at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. One of the top questions I get asked from women is, will they bond with the baby? I understand and I respect that question. You will bond with the baby. You will say, this is the child I was meant to have. This is what all of my journey led to. This baby right here. Now, I know that choosing donor eggs is hard. It's going to be made even harder because every fertility clinic that you go to will do something different. That's a really tough spot to be in as a patient. 
and I'm being very open and honest and transparent with you. What you will get offered at the clinic I started with my partner, our practice, Fora, is not what they're offering you at the practice we left. It's not what they're offering you across town. So you need to be really well-versed in your options and understand what makes the most sense for you, for your family, financially, emotionally, all of that stuff. And that's really complicated to know because very often you didn't even know you were going to need donor egg and suddenly you need donor egg, yet this is the way your clinic does it. So you say, okay, sounds good. So let's just take a moment to break down the different things that can happen when you do donor eggs. Okay, so there are fresh donors and there are frozen donors. What this means, a fresh cycle is the woman who's donating her eggs goes through the cycle and the recipient, the woman or the couple who is receiving their eggs is just waiting on the timeline of the woman who is donating. It's as simple as that. So you will get paired with somebody. You'll look through profiles. They will get evaluated. They will go through an IVF cycle and you will have, if you are a recipient woman, you will have your uterus primed. You'll all be tested. It'll be all ready. And as she goes through IVF, you will get your uterus ready. She'll go through an egg retrieval. You will start progesterone and you'll have a transfer a few days later if you do not do genetic testing of the embryos. You could say you want a fresh donor, yet she goes through IVF, embryos are made, they do genetic testing, and then you have a transfer in a frozen embryo transfer fashion. Pros and cons, just like anything. The number one pro is that you tend to get more eggs. So you get however many eggs that donor had, most programs are lined up, so they all come to you. And so as is everything with IVF, their strength in numbers. But just because she may look good on paper doesn't guarantee anything. So if you get all of her eggs, 20 eggs, but it makes no embryos, that's the end of the process. You paid for the fresh donor to go through IVF. You got her eggs. If they didn't make it into embryos, that's it. The other con is that it's the most expensive option. Because she's real-time going through IVF and you're getting all of her eggs, you're the one bearing all of that cost plus a compensation fee for the donor, fees for the clinic who've got to do a ton of paperwork for the FDA, special testing, and all this stuff. Another con is you don't have very much say-so in the timing. If you match with a donor who is a medical student and she says, oh, I can't do a cycle till August, well, guess what? You're waiting till August. So you lose control over the timeline of the process, which is hard for a lot of people because when you get to the stage in the game and you've been hurt or you've invested this level of emotional, physical, financial stuff, you want to control the process. I totally get that. So that's one. Fresh used to be the hands down clear winner. And that was because egg freezing was experimental, didn't even exist. And the technology to freeze and thaw eggs was new. And not everybody in all labs was very good with freezing and thawing eggs. That was a skill that once egg freezing became not experimental, embryologists had to learn. So there was a long time. And when I first entered this field, it was, oh, you could do frozen or fresh, but you're going to do fresh. It's the better choice. So that persisted for a long time. Now we are seeing a shift in focus towards frozen. 
And some of the reasons include you are able to control the timeline and sometimes you have more diversity or more selection because these women have already gone through the process. They've already been screened by the FDA. Some of that cost is going to be shared between many people. That's all really nice. Now, on the varying end is there are a lot of egg banks. We think about sperm banks, you know, guys go in, donate their sperm, they get compensated for it, they're done. Recipients then go look through the bank on characteristics they like and purchase it. Very similar. There are egg banks. So exactly the same women go through, they donate their eggs, they just have characteristics the clinics think will be good, they get their eggs in process, and then they carry on. And they go on with their life, and then when recipients are ready, they look through the selection and pick them and purchase them. Every bank has different rules, requirements, and guarantees. So how many eggs do you get from that egg bank? What is their guarantee? Are they guaranteeing you get an embryo to transfer? a genetically normal embryo to transfer, any blastocysts that make it, that you get pregnant, how many batches of eggs do you get? What if you don't get any embryos? Do you just have to buy a different lot of eggs? What are the options and how does the process look like? And that is going to dramatically vary when you look at different places. And then some clinics, the first clinic I worked at, didn't even use frozen eggs. That wasn't even an option. So if you are being told you need donor egg, I really hope somebody's saying it with compassion and tact because it's hard to be on the receiving end of that. But more than that, I hope they explain really clearly how their clinic does it. Now, I'm on the other side of this too. At Fora, I'm in charge of all collaborative reproduction or third-party reproduction if you're somewhere else. But essentially, Anybody who's using donor eggs, donor sperm, gestational carriers, whatever the situation is, where another person is involved in that conception, my eyes are on it and I'm in charge of it. That's well and good, but it's complicated from a clinic standpoint. And there's reasons why it's hard to offer all of these different options because there's different FDA requirements. There's a lot of different paperwork things. And so I totally understand why clinics say, This is going to be the way that we offer donor eggs. But as a consumer, you need to know why is your clinic choosing it that way? What is the benefit? What is the con? What if you don't find a donor suitable? What are the other options? Are there other options? Those are really good, important questions for you to ask the clinic just to have understanding. I don't really think one is downright better for everybody. I think that there's pros and cons to all of them. Having an honest discussion will help people understand the most. Now, there's also directed donation. The most common instances of directed donation are going to be a sister or a cousin, so a family member donation. Let's use an example of I had endometriosis and I had my ovaries removed and my younger sister wanted to donate her eggs to me for me to carry a child. Another good example would be a gay couple. So they have to have an egg donor, and sometimes it's the same situation. It's a sister or a friend or a family member. This sounds like it should be easier. I get it. It sounds like, hey, my sister wants to give me her eggs. Let's do that. It is not easier. It can be done, but 
From the FDA requirement, we have to make sure that we are screening that person appropriately. This usually involves psych evaluations, personality tests, special blood work, a physical exam, a questionnaire explaining the process to them, legal agreements. It's complicated. It often costs more money or the same. People usually think, I'm not going to spend all this money on donor eggs. My sister will just give me her eggs. Well, she's got to go through the process, have all that screening that's required. It's probably not really going to save you much money. So financial incentives are not the reason to choose a directed donor. It's because that's the way you feel comfortable with the process or that person wants to be a part of your future child's life. And that's how you want your family to be created, not because it's financially incentivized. A few things to just think about before we talk about donor eggs or before you use them. We want to make sure the recipient has had a full evaluation of her uterus, that there's been testing to look at the inside, whether that's with a saline sonogram or hysteroscopy, which is a surgical procedure, something where we can say everything looks good inside the uterus. We want to make sure there's no unforeseen problems, that preconception testing's been done, so Thyroid is good. Vitamin D is good. You know, your blood type, infectious disease screening, you're immune to rubella and varicella, all of that stuff. You will want to make sure genetically that the sperm source and the egg source do not both carry the same genetic mutation that would require or warrant additional testing of embryos. That's called genetic carrier screening. We also want to make sure that we understand the treatment protocol and transferring. Donor embryos should be transferred, single embryo transfer. They are the highest level of success. Almost all donors are young and healthy. I'll say almost all because directed donors may make an exception, but their eggs should be the best quality that there is. So you don't have to do genetic testing on them if you don't want to do genetic testing for random aneuploidy, but their odds of success are very, very high. It's a 55 to 60% chance of live birth rate for single embryo transfer. That's fabulous. 55% fabulous. That's regardless of maternal age of recipient uterus. So you could be 30, 40, 45, 50, and you still have a fabulous chance of success. I do have couples who choose to do PGTA, pre-implantation genetic testing for aneuploidy for donor eggs. You will have clinics who likely will say, you don't have to do that. But I do understand a lot of people say they want to control everything they can. And once they've gotten to the stage of the process, the last thing they feel like they could handle is the off chance that they had an embryo get later in term or miscarry that could have just not been selected for transfer. And then those success rates are the same as genetically tested embryos, which is 65 to 70% chance of live birth. So these fabulous, fabulous rates across the board. So you should have success. Nobody should be telling you to put two donor embryos in a body at one time. Double embryo transfer should not be spoken of when it comes to donor eggs. If you're not getting pregnant with a donor egg embryo, I'm doubting it's the embryo's fault, and I'm doubting that there's a need to put two of them in. We are just increasing the chance that something bad happens. At that point, we need to give severe consideration to your uterus, endometrial receptivity testing, looking at what other factors can cause recurrent implantation failure. Would a carrier be helpful? You must expand the picture. But just blaming the embryos when we know they come high quality is not the solution. 
most clinics will have a age cutoff for how old they will permit somebody to be the recipient of a donor egg or embryo. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Quince. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. And luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. The best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, but Quince partners directly with top factories, cutting out the cost of the middleman, passing the saving to us, and only working with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. I personally cannot wait to wear my cute tan linen set this summer. So it's your turn to get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash A-A-W for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash A-A-W to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash A-A-W. Thank you, Quince. This is ethically challenging and complex. I know there's a news report of a couple in Africa who just gave birth to twins. And I believe the mom was 67 or 68. And that leaves a lot of mixed feelings in the reproductive field because you want to not discriminate against people being able to have a family, but you also don't want to partake in creating embryos or children who potentially may be orphaned at a very young age because of parental age. It's complex. The American Society for Reproductive Medicine, they have guidelines about it. And ASRM essentially says between age 45 and 54, it's still reasonable as long as good health has been proven by the woman who's going to carry the child. So most clinics abide by that. Cardiac evaluation, stress test, EKG, mammogram, extra screening that must be done in the more advanced reproductive age. If clinics are permitting embryo transfers at older ages, I think it's complex. Obviously, it happens. It happens here in the States, too. So I know that every situation is different, but if you are more of an advanced reproductive age, you should flat out ask, is there an age cutoff for which you would no longer transfer their embryos? And some clinics have different cutoffs for the transfer of the first embryo versus a sibling embryo. So understanding what the policies and procedures are, that will set you up best. You want to have clear expectations so you know what you're getting into. A few last thoughts. Nobody has to know, at least at this stage of the game, that you're choosing to use donor eggs if you don't feel comfortable with it. Many women choose donors who appear similar to their physical characteristics so that a child wouldn't obviously be recognized as looking outwardly different, at least hopefully not. That said, many people are sharing their story, and I think it is so powerful and so helpful for other people. Whether it is a public share on social media or simply an honest share to your friend circle. Telling your story will help others who are in the same position. And it may not be your friend, but it may be your friend's sister's best friend who's going through something similar. And she may say, oh, my friend's sister's best friend did this and did donor ag, and there you have the best children on earth. It was perfect for them. That normalizes the process. Talking about something breaks down the stigma 
And as much as I can, I encourage you all, if you feel comfortable, to share that with other people. Now, choosing not to tell anybody is your own personal right, and I will respect that. I have to tell your OBGYN, that's the end of the game. I'm not going to keep it a secret in your medical records. It's part of your chart. And I also caution you that your child very well will find out, even if you do not intend to tell them. This is the modern world we are living in, and we are watching unfold before our eyes what happens in the reproductive world with direct-to-consumer genetic testing. All of these reports of sperm donor is not who I thought it was. It is very eye-opening. And that technology is only going to advance. So my version is be upfront and honest, and then you don't have anything to hide. But ultimately, that is your choice. Our patients see a therapist before making this decision, before choosing a donor, because donors may be okay being known later on or being contacted. Some may never be, and that may be important to you and your child growing up. So I always say the more people you can get on your team, the more support you can get, the better. The last thing is you certainly don't have to carry a child. You can have a carrier or a surrogate if that suits you best. But if you are going to carry, that's beautiful. You're going to bond with the baby. You're going to be able to experience birth, all the goods and bads. You're going to breastfeed. Nothing is going to be taken from you. We also love the side of the field that's called epigenetics. Oh, it's like my favorite thing. It's so fascinating. This is where the environment or the external world determines the genetic code that is expressed. So if we think of it as the genetic code is inherited. So if you're using donor egg, you get half from the male source and half from the egg source. If you're a woman who's intended parent and you're going to carry the child, you're right. None of that is your DNA. I'm in agreement. However, that's just the code. When that embryo is in your body, your body determines which genes are expressed. Your environment What you put in your body, what you do, how stressed you are, your medical history, your diseases, that determines which genes are turned on and turned off. So taking care of yourself, being healthy, eating clean foods, not smoking, taking prenatal vitamins, not drinking alcohol, getting to an appropriate weight before transfer, exercising, decreasing stress. These things matter. And that should hopefully make you happy. That's a hugely important job. And so do not feel like just because the genetic code is not coming from you, that you have no control over the genetic expression of this child. That is not what research is showing us at all. No matter what, I know that getting to this point is tough. And I just want to say again, You can do hard things. You can do hard things. Different is hard. Change takes time to get used to. But having a new path doesn't always make it bad. And if you are being told you have to use donor eggs and you don't feel like that's the right choice for you, go get another opinion. Go get another opinion. Maybe that was just one clinic or doctor's opinion. And maybe somebody else feels differently. We all practice differently. We have different processes by which we go down. I know some physicians will say, 
you don't have very many eggs and you have to do IVF because of the sperm count. And so I don't think it's a good option for you. You should do donor egg only. I'm in the camp of as long as you have a reasonable expectation for your own eggs with that age and ovarian reserve all put together, that's ultimately your choice. You should have autonomy. But there's limits of it. We can't make eggs grow when they're not there. When you have gone into ovarian failure or you're in menopause, we can't work magic. When the vault is empty, there's nothing to tap into. So we all reach limits of what makes sense for us. And I have patients who have eggs and none of them make it to embryos. And at the end of the day, we say, there's some egg quality component here that I don't think we can overcome. And we really should shift our focus to what is our primary goal. You know my question, what is your goal? And if your goal is to give it your all with having your own genetic child, no matter what, maybe you do more IVF because you still have financial reserves for that. If your goal is to have a child, then sometimes we switch gears and we say, how much financial resource do we have? How much physical and emotional resources do we have? How much time do we have? And we switch course and we say, you know what? We tried genetically or we're not going to try because of X, Y, or Z reason. And this path is the one that's going to help us grow our family. At the end of the day, it is your journey. Get a second opinion if you need one. Have questions and get them answered. There is no right or wrong choice. And if you explore the option of donor eggs in your brain and in your relationship, and you choose it's not for you, and maybe you don't grow your family, that is okay too. My challenge is that each couple or person investigates all the options that are presented to them and then makes the choice that suits them the best. That is all I want you to do. I don't want you to discredit an option without ever thinking about it, without understanding it or really thinking through the process. But if you've done that and it's not for you, you will have peace with that decision. This podcast did not go over embryo donation, which is a very new, highly unregulated aspect of our field. I do have a YouTube video on it. So it's about the longest embryo that's been frozen, was frozen for 27 years. It was donated to another couple. And I talk a little about the ins and outs of embryo donation in that video. It's like 10 to 12 minutes. So it's a quick watch and you may find that interesting. That is an up and coming area of our field that honestly needs more regulation in my mind. But go check it out. The YouTube channel is Natalie Crawford, MD. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at Natalie Crawford, MD, and I am so appreciative to all of you. Thank you, friends. <laughs>